Hello and welcome back to another episode of Rebound with Resilience, a podcast dedicated to raise your resilience, mindset, and mental wellness. And on this episode, I'm honored and humbled to be able to host a global speaker and a social media strategist. He has spoken in over 37 countries, um, an audience as large as 10,000. He has hundreds and thousands of followers across his social media platforms. He's well loved. Uh, well-known, well-respected, and most importantly, well-loved, none other than Eric Fung. Hi, guys. Oh, my God. Kevin, you finally get to meet. Yes. yes. Thank you so much for inviting me to your studio. We took a field trip out today with our table. I saw. I saw your Instagram story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just so glad to be in your office and be able to host you. Uh, no, I'm yeah. glad. Thanks for this. And I, I think this conversation that we're about to have yeah. is extremely timely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I look forward to unpack this with you. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I spoke to you, you mentioned about social media. In fact, I would like to share how we first connected, mm. if you don't mind, right? Uh, just to give the audience some context. So I think it's interesting that I've always seen you on my recommended because I'm in this space. Mm. I recommended feed and everything. Mm. I've taken a look. Some friends have tagged you on stories. So I've always known you, uh, but I've never really delved into your content. Like, interestingly, because seeing your success plays out my insecurity, like. It's very interesting because my self-esteem is not at that level yet. Um, and so we're going to talk about that later. It's very interesting. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but well, because I had a pain, I had to eventually go and find out more because I want to grow my business. So I went to actually look at a video that you did on uh, Facebook, on LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn mm. strategy. And I was blown away. I was just blown away by the value that you added, the free value you gave. And the, the way you speak, right, it's not over the top, but it's so relatable and it's so, it connects to me so deeply. Uh. So that's where I started to respect you. So from knowing to respect you. <laughs> and then the, the one, the one on, you know, the customer journey, right? Yes. And the funny thing is I put it on Instagram stories at 1am. Correct. I tagged you. I didn't expect anything. And that, Eric just replied me for a voice message and said, hey, I'm Eric. I thought, I'm not sure whether it's the real Eric. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you get that a lot. Well, I five Eric's. <laughs> that sound like me. I look like me. Yeah, so you get that uh, a lot. But that, that was when actually I, from respected, it became to love. I get it. Okay, yeah, wow, I appreciate yeah. that. We yeah, appreciate because, it. Uh, it's really something that you go at the extra mile and you don't have to do it. I'm like a nobody, so to speak. Not yet, at least not yet as somebody, but um, the fact that you reached out to me and were so gracious towards me and of course, giving me the chance, giving me the chance to host you. Yeah. See, my words are all jumbled up because I'm nervous. <laughs> I, I'm really appreciative. Yeah, I mean, you're most welcome because maybe of how I look at the world, right? I mean, yeah. I don't... And that's the very scary thing about human mm. beings today that we judge people according to how many followers they right. have. But so what? Just because you have 100k followers, they have to treat you differently? No. Mm. I think the most basic thing is whether there's social media or there is no social media, we yeah. should still treat people with due respect. Mm. And, and I guess that's just what I'm doing. I'm just being a human being. You know? Sure. Yeah. yeah, I love that. It's funny that how we have, like that's normal behavior, but... After a while, it becomes abnormal because not many people do Well, it. common sense is not always common practice. <laughs> yeah. Before I kind of go into the outline of the podcast, we are going to talk about social media and mental wellness. Absolutely, sure. Line the theme. I just want to just really ask a teaser question, right? When you first started out, right? Mm. Do you imagine that you would actually have this following? No, of course not. I mean, yeah. think about it. I was born in the 1980s. There was no yep. social media. We have pages. I don't even know whether you know what pages. <laughs> is. I know my dad used to and I, Oh show my up. God, your dad. Thank you very much. I'm off. I'm done. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was from the era where, you know, we play with toys. Yep. We watch television. That's it. But, um, I mean, I've always have a passion for teaching. Mm. That, that's something that I noticed um, looking backwards. Just mm. think about it. Um, when I was in primary three or four, right? You know, when people go back and play toys, yep. I play teaching. Mm. So I would like, my sister is my prop basically. I will say, okay, you're there. You'll be my student, okay? Sure. And I, I teach her. Right. And that's how I play. Right. And then when I was in secondary school, I was from the morning class. So in the afternoon, there is like empty classrooms, right? And I would creep in, sneak in and teach myself. And that's how I revise my work. So I guess there's, it's always there. Yeah. It's pretty amazing because I've, I've listened to a couple of your podcasts and previously you've also talked about this love for teaching that it's kind of just ingrained being able to speak. Um, so, wow. But in, in any sense, I think today we are going to talk about that. Mm. So like your interests and your influences like growing up. And then of course, uh, we're going to transition into like the mindset, the heart behind the strategy, like the mm. principles behind the process and the practices. And then we're going to talk about social media and mental wellness. Absolutely. Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's just begin with, with the early influencers. Line. And I wrote there how Eric Firm came to be. <laughs> it's a bit odd, but... Yeah, so growing up, right, apart from, apart from say, uh, speaking at a very young age to, to a crowd, uh, not to a crowd, to an empty classroom, mm. uh, what else were any specific incidents that actually shaped you? Wow. Uh, shaped me to be who I am? Or, or rather, um, okay, maybe we start with interest first. Is there mm. any other interest that you had besides like, speaking? Well, I think when I was young, I was impressionable, right? You yeah. want to be whatever that you watch. So obviously, you know, I wanted to be a superhero really badly. I wanted to be a turtle because <laughs> I watched Ninja Turtles. Right. I wanted to be a planeteer because I watched Captain Planet. Yeah. Um, but I really think that, that one thing that stays with me throughout is the love for teaching. Right. And there were, there, were a, there were people that were nurturing it. So okay. when I was in primary school, it was my primary school teacher that nurtured it. Yeah. And then in secondary school, my, I had a teacher who caught me teaching myself. And she was like, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm teaching. Yeah. She said, if you want to teach, then teach your friends. Yeah. And then I started holding remedial classes amazing. for yeah, my I friends. Yeah, and then my tuition teacher found out about it and offered me a part-time job to be a tutor. Mm. So I think number one is I was very lucky that um, I discovered my, my, my interest early okay. and I indulged in it. And sure. there were adults that saw it and nurtured it along the way. Mm. And that led to whatever I'm doing today. Sure. And, and you also mentioned that eventually when you, when you went to school, right? Mm. Um, there's no public speaking course per se. That's right. So you do computer science because yeah. you like Because <laughs> you like, I like computer games. Yep. So you do, and, but you did mention very clearly that you couldn't compete with people because they were coding on a weekend. Exactly. And it's not something... Uh, it was quite a funny... Um, so, okay, the only reason why I took computer science was because yeah. I have no idea what else I want to yeah. do, right? And I remember that there was one profound experience. It was Friday afternoon and I was like, oh, yay, weekend time, right? Yeah, let's go out. Yeah. And then my friends were like, oh, no, 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 no. We need to stay over the weekend to you know, work on our assignments. I was like, what assignment? There's no assignments. Right. They said, oh, no, we created assignments for ourselves. Yeah coding assignments. And, and that was when I realized that, you know, I'll never be able to compete with yep. them because I tell you, don't underestimate a person's desire and passion. Yep. Like when someone is interested in something and obsessed about it, that's when they're willing to spend time at it. And Malcolm Gladwell talked about it in this book called Talent Myth. Okay. That if you spend enough time at it, you will be a talent. Yep. Right? You'll be good at it. It's that 10,000 hour rule. Sure. And so that was when I realized that, no, I have no love for computer science. Mm. And I started asking myself, what are things that I naturally gravitate towards? Right. Well, number one, I love expressing myself. Yeah. I love learning. Uh, personal development was very big for me. Mm. Um, and obviously, I love teaching as well. So sure. I started asking myself, how can I put all these three things together? Okay. And eventually, that led me to you know, volunteer in a student club. I started yeah. doing a lot of public speeches. Sure. And then I found Toastmasters. Yep. Then I realized, wow, you can actually win medals for speaking, you know, because I suck at sports. So there's absolutely, the only medal I want is participation medal for novelty races, okay? okay. So I was like, wow, you can actually win prizes for speaking. Mm. And that got me hooked. And, mm. and, and so I started working on myself. I studied overseas in US. Right. So I, I had this mindset that Asians will never be able to speak as well as US people, mm. right? And so somehow or other, I don't know why, maybe I'm just... I think I have good mentors. They always tell me this, that growth always happens in discomfort. Anything that scares you, yeah. go towards that direction. Oh. Your part of goal is there. It's very opposite. Yeah. You know, when you're young, something scares us. Your parents are like, oh, okay, don't, 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 don't do it, don't do it. But my mentors say different things. Yeah, yeah. If it scares you, you're onto something. Sure. Because if everybody does it, don't do it because that's the norm. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your passion is just... Yeah, I can I, feel I, I was trying to contain my, my over, excitement. Because over the camera is one thing, but face to face with you is another thing. It's just so contagious. <laughs> right? it's, it's crazy. Thank you. <laughs> um, but but yeah, you picked that up. And, yes. and I think but also you mentioned about how the US speakers, right? In fact, when I first started speaking, I mean speaking is yeah. my passion as well. Yes. When I first started out, I imitated a lot of speakers. Yes. Like you got Les Brown, Eric Thomas, that yes. huge black speakers, right? Yeah, platform so much speakers. resonance, like how hungry are you? Yeah, and what's the DJ your voice, you know? Yeah, what's your yeah. why? So, like, I try to imitate them, right? The only problem is that I'm, I'm so small, right? The voice doesn't come out. Then it feels like a little bit Okay, off. so here's, you, here's the key. Don't imitate. Yeah, because because when you yeah. imitate, right, you're, you're essentially just trying to be them. But guess what? You know, there's only one you and one them. Yeah. Now, instead, model. There's a difference between yeah. copying and modeling. So, you see, anything that you like about that person, it resonates with you. 
So instead of trying to copy every single move of, of that speaker you like, ask yourself, what is the aspect of him that you really enjoy? Give it a try and internalize it. Make it yours. Right. You know, you, do, you don't have to be exactly like that person. The second thing I also realized when it comes to speaking or any, any form of craft mm. is that sometimes you just got to play. Right. P-L-A-Y. I think that's something that we don't do very often. Sure. You know, if you just go out there and express yourself and, and do something and then watch yourself. Mm. For us as speakers, the best coach is your video camera mm. because the video camera never lies. Okay. So when you look at a camera, you ask yourself, what are aspects of yourself that you actually like? Right. Double down on that. Sure. Aspects that you felt it was not good, find ways to work on it. Right. And in time to come, you just get better. Love it. Yeah. In fact, that's what also I, I discovered along the way. Like people mm. looked at me and said, like, Kevin, like your strength is in your sincerity and conveying it, right? Mm. You need to double down on that instead yes. of trying to imitate someone else. And when you mentioned that in one of your videos as well, like that really resonated with me yeah. because at the start you were just uh, going around. And the thing is that it's very normal for you to want to model yeah. at the beginning because you wanted to, I mean, it's easy to pace yourself in mm. running if you have someone to look out to yeah. in front of you, right? But at some point you need to start, mm. you know, running your own race. Yeah. And and of course, like you mentioned, even as you started as a public speaker, before mm. you went into social media, I would just like to um, kind of explore that journey. Like sure. How did that uh, actually, from corporate training to writing a, a book with, I think, uh, Rosie, I remember. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Irene Ang. Irene Ang. Yes. Yeah, Irene Ang. And then uh, eventually transitioning into your niche now. Okay. So, obviously, when I when I knew that I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't make it as a computer science guy, yeah. I decided I better jump ship right. soon, right? So, I asked myself, like, what is something that I'm, I'm good at doing? Sure. Um, and what's a problem I can solve? Now, this is really important. A lot of us, we, we tend to do things because we are passionate about it. Mm. Uh, I, I don't think we need to monetize our passion all the time, mm. right? So just because you enjoy singing doesn't mean you need to be a singer mm. for two reasons. Uh, number one is you enjoy it doesn't mean you're good at it, right. right? But the good thing is that if you enjoy it, you have a higher chance of being great at it. Mm. However, that alone is not good enough. You need to couple that with being a little bit more worldly and ask yourself, like, what problem can you solve in this world? What pr problem are you passionate about solving? Mm. And during my early part of my career, it was very obvious that because of um, my achievements in public speaking, so therefore people tend to come to you sure. for speaking advice, right? So it was very natural for me to lean towards that direction. And so I was just spending two to three years, you know, teaching about presentation skills. Yeah. And then, and I did not say no to any clients. I just <laughs> said yes to everybody. Okay. And then I started asking myself, who do I gravitate towards? Like what sectors, which industries, what kind of customers do I enjoy working with? Okay. And I realized that I enjoy working with the people in the insurance sector. That's a, a, okay. one of the, I don't know why, but it's just what I didn't buy sure, insurance maybe, back then. Sure. Maybe it's a passion. It's, or yeah, yeah, maybe chemistry or values. Yeah. And I always say that the best analogy I can give you is like a buffet. Mm. It's very ridiculous for you to stand in front of the buffet table and ask yourself, hmm, I wonder what food is nice. Sure. No, and I can ask you, <laughs> but it's never going to be accurate because yeah, yeah. it's a second party, right? You got to go try every single dish and then you will know what dish you like and then eat more of it. That was exactly what I did. Okay. So the first few years, I, it was all about exploration. I was doing all kinds of things, singing, sure. acting, um, hosting. Singing. Yeah, oh. speaking, training, DJing. But back then, there's no such equipment. Right? I was okay. doing everything sure. that I feel like. And I feel that kind of lost it this generation. Mm. A lot of young people are always asking me, mm, what's the right thing to do? Mm. What if I tell you there's no right thing? Mm. It just feels right for you at that moment and it changes. So I feel that we need to experiment more. We need to play more. We need to explore more and then check in with ourselves and ask ourselves, what do we like? Mm. And then do more of those things. And in the process, you'll get better at it. Sure. And that's when the money comes. So I guess that's how you eventually, and also I remember uh, one very striking thing you mentioned mm. in one of the podcasts that uh, I can't remember his, his name. There was a mentor that came to you and said that you have to be a somebody. Mm. Nobody would take notice. Exactly. Oh, well, so that was in my early part of my speaking career where I realized that because I was really young and, and you know people don't give me the opportunity. They would tell me things like, you're too young, you need to have gray hair, white hair, or you need to be super seasoned and then come to the training world. But I love training. I love yeah. speaking. And you know what's the irony? It's like, if you don't give me a chance, then how can I get good? Yeah. You know, this, this curse, right? Like, <laughs> it's like, like catch-22. The catch-22. Yeah. So I was very, very demoralized and I was very mm -hmm. close to giving up. And then this mentor of mine, his name is Ron Kaufman. He was the godfather of the public speaking right. world. In fact, he set up the Singapore chapter for speakers. Sure. And he said to me, Eric, nobody will value you unless you're somebody. 
And I asked him, I said, what do you mean by a somebody? He said, a somebody is a person that's well-known, well-loved, well-respected. Wow. And when you have it's all these three from- things, you're well-paid. Okay. I was like, oh, okay. How do I do that? Now, traditionally, you, are, you can achieve the well-known, well-loved, well-respected uh, by being on television, being on radio, yep. right? But come on, if you have no compelling story, you're yep. just a normal person, you don't have money to pay a PR agency, no one's going to know you. There's yep. no mothership, you know? <laughs> so Back then, it was very different. Exactly, it was very different. It was just straight time and business <laughs> yeah. time, two papers only. But social media came about, mm. right? So I was, I was very lucky. I was at a brink where social media became uh, popular, okay. right? So I, I went into Facebook and I started putting myself out there. Sure. But I was not getting the results. I was not getting the followers. I'm not getting the engagement. And I came to him and I said, I don't know why. Okay. And that's when he said that most profound statement to me. Right. He said, Eric, perhaps the reason why people are not treating you as a somebody is because you did not even see yourself as a somebody. Mm. You know, we always talk a lot about personal branding and marketing ourselves, right? Yeah. But guess what? If you are not your biggest fan, then guess what? You're not going to have a lot of super fans. Because people respond to how you see yourself. Mm. Now, that took a lot of years to realize. Well, that, that is one thing that's really difficult though because it's, it's a lot of self-doubt and insecurity that we face. Guess what? I guess this is one of the life lessons that we have to learn. Mm. You know, uh, there's this song called Return to Innocence. And I, I think our entire life story theme is returning to innocence, returning to the point where we see the best in ourselves. Wow. Because only then you can attract the best in life. Sure. Maybe that's a that's something that we, we don't just learn when we are 10 years old, but it's a lifelong lesson. Sure. Yeah. Love it. And I guess the last question for this segment, right? I mean, for the listeners' benefit as well. Mm. Um, now, was there any fear when you pivoted? Because you pivoted multiple times or one, two, three times. Was there any fear at that stage where, okay, I really built mm. this, but I need to kind of, in better commas, leave it to go to a different Always. Niche? You know, that, that feeling is like you paddle away from the shore. <laughs> <laughs> like the further away from the shore, mm. the the more fearful you become right. because you kind of lost your harbor, yeah. you know, your safe landing. Um, but you know something, it's very strange, but maybe because I was young okay. and, and I, I didn't know what called fear is, right? I was just like, oh, fear, fear, law. And then I'll just, I can always go back. Sure. But I have to say though, as time goes, as you get older, when you have more to lose, mm. it becomes a lot harder to pivot. Okay. You see, it's very easy to pivot a small ship yeah. But it's very hard to pivot a big ship. So I'm in my, I'm going to be hitting 40 soon. And, and, and I have like, what, 12 years of work that I've done. It's a lot harder to pivot. Versus when I was only, what, two to three years in the business, I pivot every day, <laughs> you know, just to make sure that I get some success. Sure. So if you guys are young, that's your luxury. You have no liabilities. I mean, I'm not mm. trying to make you yeah, guys yeah. think that, you know, being young, it's, it, it, life is easy. I'm not yeah. saying that your life is easy. I'm not trivializing things. Okay. But I'm saying that, when you're young right now, you know, you're still living under your parents' roof. This is the best time to experiment. This is the best time to play. You don't have to be right. You just got to learn. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It, there's no such thing as failure. Mm. It, it's just feedback. Mm. And if you fall, just make sure you fall forward, right? Do all that in your 20s. Then by the time 30s, different. 30s is where you build. <laughs> okay. Right? Because you kind of know what skill sets you already have. You already have a certain network. 30s okay. is not for experiment. 30s, you already know what you're doing. You okay. build. Now, 40s is the next level scale. Mm. So that's how I look at it. So 20s, you play. 30s, you build. 40s, you scale. And then depending on how successful you are, 50s, I think it would be a great time to mentor and you know, help the rest of the world. Or who knows? They say that 50 is the new 20. So 50, you restart again. Well, you already make your pot of gold, man. You can restart. And then, okay. depending on how long you live, you can look many, many times. Sure, sure. I love yeah. it. I'm just getting, getting inspired listening to you and we, mm. we still have quite some time to go. Uh, that's cool. So, so I think there's a good transition into the next segment, uh, which sure. is, uh, you know, we talked about how you came to be. Uh, let's talk about the heart and the mindset behind strategy. Mm. You know, because you talk a lot about strategy and it's so solid strategy. Uh, I guess we won't go into it. If you're interested in that, please check out <laughs> Eric's social media. The strategy Instagram. It's <laughs> all there. Uh, but I want to talk yeah. more about the heart or rather the, the, the principles that underlie the strategy. Like when sure. people come to you and say, Eric, tell me what to do, right? What are some values or principles that have to underlie the strategy? I think most importantly, I mean, the people that come to me, they are all entrepreneurs. Yeah. And let's just say that, you know, the amount of money you make is simply the market's feedback of your value. Mm. The amount of money you make is simply the market's feedback of your value. So if you're making, if you want to make a lot of money, you have to deliver a lot of value. Now, then the next question is, what is perceived as value? Mm. It's problem solving. 
Okay. Right. It's about what problem you want to pick. See, Facebook's making a lot of money because they solve one of the biggest problems, which is connecting people from different faculties and colleges. Mm. Jack Ma, one of the most successful guy, he is highly valuable because he, uh, he bridges the Chinese businesses with the world. So the bigger the value, the bigger the problem you solve, the more money you make. So I think that's the first thing we, we, we need to get clear of as an entrepreneur. What's the value that you're providing? What's the problem that you're solving? And who are you solving it for? Once you get that clear, which is clarity, then you pick the platform, in this case, social media, that can help you communicate that value. Then that leads to communication skills. Sure. And what about also the, the, the values that's underlying in terms of, because when I, I mean, there are many people out there teaching social media, but what sure. gravitated me towards you is yes. the values underlying. It means like the love and that, that connection and that, like, it's not just about you. It's like how you really give so much. Okay. And yeah. you see, isn't that awesome? <laughs> you know, and, and I'm, you see, there are a lot of social media strategies yeah. out there and they all have their own following, yeah. right? So I always feel that like building your brand on social media is like dating. Okay. Step number one is you need to have clarity of who you are and where your strengths are and, mm. and your positioning, right? You know, what, what, are you here for long-term relationship or you just want to fling? Mm. Uh, and what kind of values do you stand for? Because mm. if you're not clear, then you can't communicate that. And if you can't communicate that, you can't attract the right people to you. Okay. Right? So the worst thing to do is, let's say you like Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm. And you go like, mm, I want to model after him. And you become like Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. But maybe you don't share the same values as him. Mm. And you have a problem. Because sure. you're going to start attracting followers that values Vaynerchuk's values. Mm. But that's not you. Right. And then you'll be having to pretend all the yeah. time. Yeah. So I think that once you're very clear about the problem that you want to solve, the audience you want to serve, you know, step out there and be your own kind of beautiful. Do it your way. Do it your style. And then see who gets attracted to you. Okay. And double down on that. Speaking of that, speaking mm. of that, right, I think people do, uh, subconsciously, they, yes, they want to put themselves out there. They mm. want to, you know, showcase their value. But I think you coach people from all walks of life, right? What are the common self-limiting beliefs that holds them back? From communicating that value? I think the biggest one is the fear of criticism. <laughs> the okay. fear of judgment. The fear of looking stupid in front of people. Mm. In a nutshell, people's opinions. I think that's the one of the biggest, biggest, biggest problems. Okay. Um, and so what advice would you have uh, to kind of build a resilient mindset around to solve that self-limiting belief for people? They come to you and say, okay, mm. I'm having this fear of judgment. Like, is there anything that you share with them? Well, uh, I'm going to give you an analogy, right? Do you sometimes have fear of judgment? Of course. When you do videos? <laughs> yeah, of course, now. Yeah, like, like, like you do a podcast, well. right? Good. Yeah, yeah. Now, what if I take a gun right now and mm. I point at your head and I'll say, you either speak and be I'll judged speak. or I'll shoot. <laughs> I'll speak. Why? Because you value <laughs> your life more. more than people's opinions. opinions. That's how you deal with opinions. You just got to find something more important right. and put it side by side to it. For me, it was education. Um, you know, I, because my background was speaking, right? Mm. And I had a lot of fear back then, you know, in, in speaking in front of crowds, especially because I have this mindset that I'm Asian, people might not understand my English, sure. and I was speaking to predominantly a Western audience. Then one of, the, one of the mentors said to me, Eric, when you're up there on stage, do not seek validation, seek education. Let me repeat that, it's very important. Mm. Do not seek validation, seek education. So whenever you're speaking, doesn't matter how they feedback to you, you're there to improve and get the best out of you. In other words, what drives me is mastery mm. more than criticism or feedback. Sure. And, and that's how I got good. And you know what's the best part? And when you get good, the amount of criticism just gets lesser. And lesser. There's a lot of focus on yourself and convincing yourself that you're there first and foremost for yourself to speak to. And that would be your reason, but it may not be the sure. other person's reason. So you got to find another right, compelling right. reason on why you still want to do it. Because okay. if you can't, you always fall back down to your fear. Okay. You see, that's why I always tell people, you, you, if you don't have a good reason to do something, you always fall back to your excuses. Sure. Right? So, the question I think everybody needs to think about is, why do you want to put yourself out there? Mm. Like, are you, uh, are, you know, some people are sick and tired of being invisible. Mm. Some of them are sick and tired of having to be worried and anxious all the time because they cannot get enough sales appointments. Mm. Some of them are sick and tired of their profession being ruined by shenanigans out there that misrepresent the entire industry. Mm. I do not know what's your poison, but pick one. Mm. Pick one that motivates you so much so that people's criticism and validation not that important to you anymore. I think that, that will really help 
any one of them, any one of your followers sure. listening to this right now, get a breakthrough. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. It's just heartfelt, like straight. And, and can I can I find, yeah. can I also share one more point that will yeah. also help you? So number one is you gotta give yourself a compelling reason why you want to do this. And that reason has to be much bigger than than validation. It could be for me, mastery. It could be for you, self-expression. It could be for you, your baby, your baby girl that was just born. You're mm. doing it for her. Mm. You can be the enemy of the entire world, but you will fan yourself, you know, uh, you'll fan your baby girl. Then that's your reason. Now, the second one is you need to have a stronger relationship with yourself. The reason why we seek validation is because we don't validate ourselves. That's why we need other people to tell us we are good. Because you know what? We don't believe we are good. You see, if let, let's, uh, let me ask you a simple question. Do you need me to validate that the chair is real? No. Uh, by the way, Kevin is sitting on a chair right now. <laughs> For the whole entire time, he never asked me, hey, Erika, is the chair really there or not? You, you sure, right? The chair, no need. Right. Because you are certain that the chair is there, you have an experience of that chair, right? Now. Yep. It's the same thing with our relationship with, to, towards ourselves. Have you been spending time with yourself? Have you been spending time acknowledging yourself, loving yourself, appreciating yourself, celebrating yourself? Because if you don't, guess what? You'll be subjected to people's validation. Yeah, it's interesting. It's just like how like you, like if you're clear of your gender and someone says you're a different gender, you wouldn't question it. You, you won't question it. You look down, you know already <laughs> what. Right now, I don't need so you to tell me because what yeah, you yeah, tell yeah. me is an opinion, but what I see is a fact. Fact always beats opinion. Right. And then that principle applies for whatever that you're trying to Everything. put out there, right? Everything. And that's why it's very important. You cannot want to go on social media to be validated. Because sure. why is it there are celebrities that will kill themselves, even though they have huge followings? Because the basis of them going out in the entertainment world is to validate themselves. Yeah. And you know how bad things are sometimes, right? The criticism can be so bad. Like I can, there are 10 people that compliment you, but that yeah. one person that says something bad, you, you pay attention to that one bad one. Because the truth of the matter is that's exactly how you see yourself anyway. Wow. That was just a confirmation. Okay. I think that's a really excellent transition to the final and probably the most important segment. You want to give it the most time, right? Mm. Uh, social media and mental wellness. Because we, <laughs> we kind of give a really good prelude into that already, you know. About I think so. And I was <laughs> just telling just Kevin, like in preparation for today's podcast, I, yeah. I did an Instagram story asking people, you know, um, how many of you are very stressed and anxious about social media? And we got like 97% of mm. them, you know, voting for that. Oh, that's a high percentage. Absolutely. And, and I feel that, you know, the reason, I mean, we will talk about yeah, why, yeah. why people are stressed, but it would be very cool for you guys listening to us or watching us. What do you all think? Are you all stressed, anxious about social media? Let us know. Okay. Um, so first question on this, right, is mm. uh, why is this topic something that is important for you to talk about? Because... We know logically that mm. as an entrepreneur, you need to be on social media because attention is everything, mm. right? I mean, the most important game you need to win is actually the attention game because yeah. you can have the best products in the world. You can be the most knowledgeable person in the world. But if people don't realize that, then it really doesn't matter. Mm. So people knowing you is important. Mm. Now then ask yourself, where are everybody spending their time right now? Mm. Social media. So logically, it makes sense that if you want to do well in your business, you've yeah. got to put yourself out there where the attention is, sure. right? So we have no problem with that. Yeah. But the problem is with all the fear, the anxiety, the stress, the doubt. And where all that comes from? It comes from a certain limiting belief or a certain emotion they have towards social media. Sure. And that's why we need to fix it. Yeah. Otherwise, businesses will not flourish. Yeah, and I think you mentioned that the fact that you are a social media strategist, but when I first talked to you, yeah. you also acknowledged that that could lead to a lot of downsides if you're not careful about ourselves. Yeah. And you mentioned that social media is like high school. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, I, I, I gave him an analogy. Right? It amplified? is amplified. I mean, think about it. In high school, you know, you want to be loved. You want to be popular. You want to be included. You want people to mm -hmm. pay attention to you. Isn't that what social media is all about as well? Yep. Right. The only difference is when you are in high school, if people don't like you, it is only limited to your class of 40. But now on social media, if people don't like you, it could be the entire world. You know, so everything is is an is is accelerated, everything is amplified. Another one, if you have a bad time in school, right? But you can always hide in your home after that. And yep. you're only going to school at from nine to three o'clock. Today social media is 24-7. Right, so everything about high school that you don't like, it's it is accelerated and amplified right now on social media. And that's why it's so important to talk about it, you know, and I think you talked about stress earlier. Before we talk about other people's stress, um, could I also ask you, 
um, personally, because I think a lot of people, I mean, at least for me, at mm. least, we sometimes put you on a pedestal. Yeah. Uh, that, that, you know, yeah, uh, everything there is perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, but, that's so wrong. It's but, like a biggest misconception ever. So I want to ask you, Brad, do sure. you personally face any stress from being an 100%. 100%. Let's just say this. Everyone feels stress. Yeah. If you care enough about your job, you will feel stress. Right. The question is how much? And is that stress pushing you forward? Or is the stress causing you to freeze up and not do anything about it? That's the question. Mm. So everybody feels stress. The, okay. the better question to ask is, how do you deal with it? Because mm. the people that deal with it well, do well. The people that don't is the one that's crumbling. Sure. Mm. Okay. But I mentioned also, like when I, when I chatted with you, you mentioned that because uh, you're an online personality, sometimes you f- there is a need to pander. Uh, then you gave me a need about the JJ. Yes, yes. Okay, so a bit of context, yeah. right? So... I was, I was telling Derek, uh, Kevin, <laughs> Derek, I don't know who's, <laughs> who's the guy. Yeah. I, I was telling Kevin that while sometimes, you know, creating content um, can be quite challenging, like compare myself, you know, years ago where I have no followers to right now, the, the followers I have, I realized that I feel I, I have a lot more hesitation in creating content. Like I think a lot more mm. before I put a piece of content out there okay. because there are a lot of people that are going to watch it. Like in the past, you don't worry about that. Mm. You only got one people watching it. Yeah, you know, yeah. one person watching it. Who cares? I just put it out there. Sure. And and so there was a period of my life where I stopped producing content, or I was really really hesitant in putting out content out there. And then one day, I was invited to JJ's concert, and something that JJ said to me made me tear, and, and really helped me got a breakthrough. This is what he said. Uh, it was he he said this to us. He said that. Um, you know, I've been in the singing career for, for 15 years. Mm. And part of the music pr- uh, process is we figure out what kind of genre of music that you guys like and then we go produce it for you. I mean, it's very logical. It makes sense, right? Mm. But you see, for some reason, that process kills him in terms of his creativity and self-expression. And it got to the point where he got so stressed up and that he lost his voice. And that was when he panicked because, you know, a singer losing his voice is like you're losing your only rice bowl. And he said that there was a very dark period of his life where he was reflecting, contemplating, and he realized something, that music to him is a form of self-expression, right? It is for him to share a part of himself to the world. Mm. It's not for the world to tell him what he should be expressing. Right. Because it's like you telling me what how I should live my life. And yeah, that's yeah. not the way life should be lived. Yeah. And that was his moment of breakthrough when he realized that music is an accurate, honest representation of who you are at that moment. So every piece of content that you create, if I translate that to what he says, is an accurate, honest representation of your intellect at that moment, of your revelation at that moment, of your emotion at that moment. It's not going to be perfect because we are Mm. evolving. But... Haven't you seen your content 10 years ago and yeah, right now? Different. And you would think that, you know, 10 years ago, my content is horrible. Yeah. But back then when you produce it, you never think it's horrible yeah. because it's at your level of evolution. Mm-hmm. And that's how JJ wrote this song, which is called Wei Shui Xie De Ge, a song that I don't write for anybody else but himself. And I tell you, when I, when I heard that, I teared because everything that he's feeling is exactly how I felt. I felt like all of a sudden I have to pander to my audience. I have to create content that's popular. I I felt like because I teach social media, every single piece of my content must go viral. Mm -hmm. You know, and and when you set that kind of crazy expectations, it it, it does something to your mental wellness. Yeah, so I think JJ saved my life, man. Uh, When when I heard that, compelling story. Exactly. And I told myself, you know what? I'm not going to create content for anybody. I'm going to create content that it's valuable, in my opinion, yeah. and I'm going to put it out there and anybody that likes the content, comment on the content, these are the people, these are the people that appreciate it at that moment, that's great. That's my followers. I'm getting emotional listening to you actually. I'm sure people listening will also because as budding content creators, right, mm. we do face that a lot. <laughs> it, it, <it's, laughs> oh, you know, you're know. trying to find yourself still. You know? Yeah. And, and you know what? Finding ourselves, yeah. it's probably going to be a lifelong journey. journey yeah. Right? And isn't that awesome? Or if you can find yourself in one day, then what are you going to do with the rest of your life, right? And, and, and we grow. So I, I think, you know, to you, Kevin, number one is you need to be very clear about why you're putting out content. Mm. And that goal cannot be about seeking validation because validation is something that goes up and down like the stock market, yeah. which means that your reward will always go up and down. Yeah. But you can set a more tangible goal. Like I want to put out content that makes a difference in somebody's life, right? And that we need to remember to seek education, not validation. Sure. 
Although that's that's amazing. Uh, in your observations, right? Apart from you know being seeking validation, what are some other common sources of stress that you notice when people go on social media? Spending too much time on social media, <laughs> comparing their behind the scenes with people's highlight reel. Yeah. You know, you see your friends, wow, celebrating, drinking champagne, having a good life, closing cases. And then you look at yourself and go like, oh my God, you know, I haven't eaten my lunch. I, I have so little <laughs> money in the bank. Uh, I'm not having a good relationship with my wife. I'm struggling. And then you start to question yourself, mm. you know, that maybe, maybe it's true that I'm really not good enough. Mm. Right? But it's not accurate, right? Right, so I think that was that's the second one. The comparison, by the way, comparison is a joy killer. Have you ever like you know bought something nice for yourself, and then you see someone wearing something even nicer than you, right? Or okay, I'll give you a simpler example because a lot of your listeners are yeah. in school school goers, right? You take an exam paper, you look ah, at your score, yes, yes seventy eight upon hundred. Yeah, yeah. Are you so happy until you notice your friend got ninety one upon hundred, and all of a sudden that seventy eight sucks. Yeah. That's that's the obvious thing about comparison. Comparison Com- kills joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. In fact, there is absolutely research, yeah. <laughs> see, it's crazy because in fact, what you talked about is also researching when people get their bonuses, mm. and it's exactly what they when someone else gets a higher bonus, all of a sudden their bonus doesn't seem. But if they get a lower bonus, but they're the highest in that department, then they feel great. Yeah, it's so it, it sucks it, it, you know and that's even the people that feel great I, I, I'm sorry for yeah. you because yeah. because your, your, your basis is wrong that you know there's two ways to be the tallest building right number one is to be the tallest building or number two is to destroy all the other tall buildings uh, I mean I want to share a parable with you which I think will help everyone listening to this sure. because that parable helped me a lot right so this is a parable you know parable is like a story with Short a hidden story. lesson of the, the talent is called the five talent sure so one day, the master is about to leave home uh, to a far, far away land and he okay. called his three servants. The first servant, he gave him one talent, mm-hmm. right? You know, in the olden days, talent is, represents your goal, right? Your wealth. And then the second uh, uh, servant, he gave two talents. And the third one, he gave, uh, I think it was five talents. He said, you know, my faithful servants, go and multiply it, right? Take care of it. The first servant was very afraid of losing that one talent. So he buries it under the ground. The second and the third servant did everything they can to grow that talent. One day when the master came back, went to the first servant and said, so what do you do with the talent I gave you? He said, master, I'm so afraid that I'll lose it. I'm afraid you'll scold me. I hide the talent underground. Nah, this is that one talent. And the master was furious. He said, you wasted that talent. You could have grown the talent. You hid it underground. With that, I'm gonna, whatever that you hide, I'm going to take it away from you. So he took that one talent that he hid in the ground. Went to the second guy and the second guy said, oh, master, you know what? You gave me two talents. I grew that two talents. Now I've got four talents. And he said, well done. I'll give you one extra talent. The third one says, master, you gave me five. I grew 10. He said, well done. You are my good, loyal and faithful servant. Now, by the way, he said the exact same thing. You are good and loyal, faithful servant to the guy that grew from two to four. What's the lesson? Number one, the talent represents everything that you've been given. What do you do with it? Do you hide it? Because you are fearful of how people might, th- might think about you or you're fearful that, you know, um, you know, that people will judge you or you use the talent for good and you grow it. And guess what? You notice the master gave the same compliment to the second guy and the third guy. The master never go, huh? I give you two, you become four. That guy got five, become 10, you know. Yeah, yeah. The master right. was equally happy because every one of us are given different talents. You don't have to compare. The only thing you need to compare is what have you done with it? You, if you want to compare, I'll let you compare. Compare you with the you, old you. As long as you grow, you improve, you have evolved, that's real change, right? People play their own games and battles. People run their own races. It's not for you to judge and compare. No, I've heard that story so many times. I think it's from the scriptures. Well, yes. Right? Uh, but this is hands down <laughs> the most impactful anybody has ever shared their story. Oh, really? Yeah, because it impacted far. me. Yeah, because the essence is there. It's yeah, just so no longer ridiculous. do I go like when I produce a video yeah. and I look at somebody else, you know, produce another video and it was so good. Yeah, yeah. That's his talent. Mm-hmm. God gave him more. But even God is fair, man. I mean, just look yeah. at the guy on the beside you. God is fair, right? <laughs> you know, so everybody has different talents. Yeah. You, know, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't matter what's your faith. At the end of the day, you've got to ask yourself, did you make full use of everything that's given to you? That's the most important question to ask. Sure. 
Wow, so we really went into to comparison. In fact, interestingly mm. enough, right, when I put that poll out on social media yes. and on my Telegram group, I mean from research, yep. like, right? The most common stresses with social media is comparison and self-esteem issues. Mm. Uh, addiction is one. And then the last one is fear of judgment, or we call it cyberbullying. Mm. But I put all these options, right? I mean, I'm gonna edit it in, right, on social. And 80% of people said that comparison affects them the most. Mm. Uh, comparison lowered self-esteem. And, and the funny thing is, you know what's the most you know what's the most powerful thing to me now sitting yeah. listening to you, right? Yeah. Is that whatever that you just described, right, was me when I looked at your content. That's why I was so fearful of approaching you because looking at your success, right, because of my lack of self my lack of self-esteem, looking at your success actually amplified my insecurity. Mm. I'm like, wow, Eric is there, and right? I'll never be at Eric's level. Mm. And the and, and, and it's crazy. It eats you up. Yeah, life. and, and because, you, you know why? Because you ro- you use the wrong metrics of yeah. success. The metric of success should be look at Kevin yeah. five years ago. Mm. Are you improving? Are you growing? Yeah. Are you evolving? Sure. Crazily, right? Then you should be happy. Mm. That's it. That I should compare with myself five, seven years ago. Now I can use everybody else as a benchmark. Mm. You know that I can aim for that. But at yeah. the end of the day, you have to play your own game. Yeah. And I think also just for some research context for the listeners, right? Because mm. this I think will really. I think whatever that content creators are facing will probably be similar to me. Mm. And like research shows that when you have, like you said, a good relationship with yourself, your yes. self-esteem is there. Right? Yes. Then I look to you as a source of inspiration rather than a threat. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is what I am feeling now instead of <laughs> getting a threat. So it's so amazing that that process of me going through, right? And I hope that people can also go through that process for themselves. Which is why I think that we should spend more time in self-reflection. Mm. We should spend more time ask, re-asking ourselves what is our own definition of success mm. and not let society tell us what our definition of success is. Mm. And that it should never be, your success should never be at the expense of somebody else and your success should never be because you are better than somebody else. That kind of success, right, it's, it, it's going to make you very miserable. Sure. Some days you might be happy because some days you're on top, yeah. right? Yeah, but one day you'll be down and then you'll be disappointed. Sure. Mm. Wow. Um, I guess I could ask the last question with regards to social media, right? Uh, you know, I think just to summarize that previous part, it's just about I mean, to tackle the issue of comparison is really understanding that the grass is not greener on the other side. Like, it's greener where you water it. Mm. Understanding that you are given your own talents, you need to use them and not compare. You need to be more self-focused. Yeah. I, I, I think that the key is well, we're always looking out for references. We need to yeah. look inwards for references, which yeah. is why I feel that we need to spend more time with ourselves. Okay. We need to spend more time validating ourselves. We need to spend more time understanding where our strengths are and nurture those strengths. Sure. Yeah, be more inward focused if you need to. Right? I'm not asking you guys to stroke your own ego, but I'm asking yourself to use personal growth as your best metrics of success. Mm. And, and I think one thing also I, I would like to highlight, you did mm. mention that you be very careful with the information that you put into your brain. Yes. Like you have a morning routine and a night routine where you're yes. very conscious about Could you share a bit more about Well, I would say that, you know, because of social media, right, you can follow <laughs> yeah. almost everyone. And uh, the best analogy I can give you guys is that would you allow someone to put trash in your house? Like Kevin, would you allow people to put trash? Yeah, good. Then why do we allow people to put trash in our head? In the form of the feed, right? So you need to go scroll through your Instagram feed, your LinkedIn feed, your Facebook feed and ask yourself, are this content wholesome? Does this content edify you, encourages you, inspire you? Or the content makes you jealous, anxious, stressed. Maybe you're just not ready to consume that kind of content. Delete it off. Removed it. I think curation is one of the most important things we need to do. Yeah. Okay. Last question with regards to uh, social media before our final segment. Sure. Uh, you know, when we talk about social media, right, naturally, we will always have this, like, you know, there's this Netflix show, I, what, what was it? I can't remember about the ills of social media. Social dilemma. Ah, yeah, social dilemma. Yeah. So we always talk about, it seems like we always talk about social media, depression, social media, anxiety, mental health, social anxiety. But what's most striking to me, right, is that you use social media to improve the mental wellness of people. And that is something that I want to talk to you about because sure. when I look at your highlights, yeah. it's so, I just feel fulfilled. <laughs> oh, really? I, yeah. <laughs> I, and I want to talk about this. How, do you, how have you used social media? Well, first of all, understand that social media is really just a tool. Right. It's a sword, right? Because Dungeon Dragon <laughs> fan, anyone Dungeon Dragons fan? <laughs> so the power of the sword lies with the hand that wields it. Mm. Social media is really just a tool. Right? You can use it for good, you can use it for bad. So I would say number one is you have to, number one, have a very good 
healthy relationship with yourself so that you're not subjected to people's criticism or validation. Mm. Number two, you need to have a huge, immense clarity of your strengths and your values so you know who to attract and you know what are the qualities you can, you can cultivate so that you can attract more success. So all this is self-work, yeah. right? And then the next one is intention. When you go to social media, what's your intent? Is your intent to seek validation, which is what we already established. Yeah. And we should not use that as an intent. But if the intent is for you, you know, to do surf. business, yeah. to surf, then sure, then set that as an intent. Then don't take, it, don't take things too personally. Yeah. Um, and it's rare. It's very rare that, you know, because you, you teach business, right? Sure. But you yeah. take time out to have a HTHG session. You even call it HTHGs. Yeah. And I, there are people that they tear because they feel so impacted by your encouragement to them. There's a lady that was suffering from, I think, some depression with her help. Yeah? Yeah. And then you, you ask people to support her. You, See, Kevin, you must understand this. Love or anything that you give yeah. must always come from an overflow. Mm. If I'm poor, I can't give. If I'm poor in spirit, I can't give. If I'm poor in emotions, I can't give. That's the reason why before you focus on trying to help people, okay. help yeah. yourself. Because sure. everything I'm doing didn't yeah. come from the, I'm trying to help so I show people that I'm very helpful. No, right, right. Okay. it came out of overflow because I've been helping myself. I've been feeding myself. Wow, that is such a, that is such a stark paradigm. That's why I never have thought of really? it that way. Yeah, yeah. That's why, I, you know, Sundays, right? Yeah. I don't do social media. Yeah. Sun, I mean, I do post things on social media, yeah. but Sunday I spend all my time doing all the, my favorite things okay. so that I fill myself up so that I'm ready on Monday to Saturday to surf. Okay. Right? And, and that's what I think all of us should do. And, you know, you can't really, you can't give from an empty well. So if you guys don't feel like giving, don't feel bad about it. You're not ready to give. Don't try to give. Don't try to be generous. Give yourself first. Like spend time with yourself. That's why I believe in morning routine and night routine because imagine if you reserve your first hour, I call it the secret hour for yourself. You know what? You're already sending a very strong signal to universe that you matter, that you're the most important person in your life. That's why you give your first hour away. And when you do that, right, it has, it has deep impact in everything that you do. You, you start to respect yourself more, which means that people will start respecting you more. You start to be more loving and generous to others because you already fed yourself full. Right. Same thing. Wow. <laughs> I, I think that we have come to the end of the podcast because uh, Eric needs to go and do it. Oh my God. But well, before we end, uh, yes. I usually have uh, this, this segment that's unique to my podcast. Oh really? Yeah, you yeah. didn't tell it's me called, that. Yes, it's a, it's a surprise segment. It's Ooh, called 10, I love que games. 10 questions. Okay, okay. And let's it's quick, do it. quick fire questions. Okay, quick fire questions. <laughs> let's try. Okay, so the first question is, what's your strongest driving factor? Influence. If you can spend a day with anybody in the world, who would it be? Jay Shetty. Ooh, why, why go global? Because I want to be mega influence the entire world. Love and service is a big part of your brand and to you as a person, right? What, what does love mean to you? Well, that one takes time. <laughs> yeah, no worries. No, no, no need to be quiet. It can be a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> He's a quick fire. So it's uh, 30 seconds. The one will answer. 30 seconds. Okay, what is love to me? Wow. Well, I legit don't know. Hold on. I managed to start everything. Yeah. Ask, ask the today. question again. Ask the question again. So, love and service is a big part of your brand and, and you mm. as a person, right? But what does the word love mean to you? Well, I always think that love it always starts with self-love. Okay. Seeing the best in yourself, believing that you can be the, the bestest version of yourself. And in you doing that, people get inspired by it. I love it. You've spoken and met people from so many countries, so many cultures. What is one commonality you see among them? People love humor. <laughs> yes, okay. so okay. funny stories really work wonders. And, and I always feel that my shortcut to making people fall in love with me is to tell stories that make them laugh. Because we all laugh at the same things. Interesting. Share, can you share one interaction or moment with a fan or a follower that you remember? Oh my God. Um... There was one. I was in, I think it was Malaysia, giving a speech to about 6,000 people. Okay. And my mentor told me this. He said, Eric, you have a calling that your, your calling is to encourage, to edify people. So look out for people to edify. And these people that you are supposed to encourage are not the one that will rush to take pictures with you and sign books with you. They are the people that are outside, fearful to reach out to you. Wow. So I pay attention to that all the time. 
So I would like take photos, but I'll, I will notice that like, in the far fringe, is there someone that's shy or, or sure. want to approach, but they're not approach. And that day I saw one, the lady was crying. And, and I was thinking to myself, oh my God, was my speech that bad? <laughs> you know, that she cried. So I, I said, can I pause the, photo- uh, the photography and the yeah. signing? And I went to her and I said, hey, is everything okay? Yeah. And then she said, hi, Eric. Um, you know, I felt that your entire speech was a confirmation of what God is saying to me. Mm. And I'm so thankful for that. And I just feel very loved by God that God sent you in my life. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, that was so happy. And I said, can I hug you, you know? Mm. Um, and I give her a hug and I said, um, you know, I want to pray for you, mm. right? And I mean, prayer is essentially just speaking, confessing positive words on a person. Mm. So you don't have to be a Christian to pray, you know? Mm. You can be anything. Sure. You, you can still pray. So she told me what's her issue and I, I, I said some positive words to her and I encouraged her and then we took a photo together. Now it's been, that speech was 2014. Okay. It's been seven years. Um, as it turned out, that, that lady was actually a very powerful leader in the, comp- in the insurance company. She's like Whoa. the top. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> she, was a, she was a director. I didn't sure. know. Um, but every year, she would tell people about the thing I did for her. And, and that was when I learned something that, you know what? Immortality, it's not about living forever. Immortality is about doing something so impactful to a person's life, you live forever in theirs. Wow. That was my takeaway. <laughs> I, 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 I find it hard to continue, but I have to. Just a few more questions. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what advice have you received that has impacted you, changed your life? This one that until you see yourself as a somebody, everyone will always treat you as a nobody. Do you have any advice for content creators who are facing burnout and self-doubt? Go consume wholesome content that make you laugh again. Go consume wholesome content that makes you smile, makes you cry, makes you feel inspired. Feed yourself first. Rubbish in, rubbish out. Value in, value out. What does resilience mean to you? resilience is about falling down and picking yourself up as many times as possible until you achieve that goal. So last question. Uh, I feel like I subconsciously answered, but I'll ask it anyway. What do you wish to, to be remembered for? I wish... Oh my God, you make, you, I'm getting goosebumps for that question. I was just thinking about that question this morning. If anything were to happen for whatever reason, I wish that people would but say on Instagram or on social media that, that something I said, something I did, gave them hope, gave them encouragement and, and gave them the energy to be the bestest version of themselves. And I think if I'm in heaven one day and I hear people saying that, I'll probably crying. So that day will be raining. Um, thank you so much. You're also welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure and honor to host you. Thank you, you for asking me all those questions. Yes, yeah. you have definitely the last question actually resonates with me mm. because I will write something about it. Oh, okay, I hope not too soon. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, just in general. Uh, just in general. So, um, you know, I think that comes, uh, you know, I, I just, where can audience find you? I guess the, the plug. Oh, I'm everywhere on social media. <laughs> I'm everywhere on social media. Um, I think the, my favorite platform is Instagram. So you guys can look me out on Instagram. Eric Goes Global. DM me. Let me know that you have heard Kevin's podcast. And uh, I would love to connect with you. Yeah. Well, then, once again, thanks, Eric. You're most uh, welcome. With that, I guess we have come to the end of today's podcast. It's been... Uh, I, find, I find it hard to find words to describe it. You know, just connect with us if it's inspired you, connected to you in any way. Uh, subscribe for future podcasts and uh, take care of your resilience and mental wellness. Right? Okay. Bye bye.